fucking losers. Uh, all right. Um, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, a uh, statistics and sports podcast. Uh, I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And uh, Corwin, what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about quarterback statistics and if they're worthy of note when we're looking at how successful a quarterback is on the field. Right. I think one of the things, I think we brought this up um, in our kind of premiere episode when talking about football statistics. It can be a little bit weird because of how just kind of interrelated football is as a sport, how much variance there is between what everyone's trying to do. It can make it a little bit hard to kind of judge what's important and what's worth looking at. And so one of the things we thought before diving into like analyses of what's going on is what do we as people who look at these things value um, of what's measured? Like when you watch ESPN, when you watch Colin Cowherd and all these other talking heads. Fuck Cowherd. It's that's a whole episode in itself. Um, they talk a lot about certain statistics that they think personally is important. And when you really look at the skill of a quarterback and what they do on the field, a lot of what people talk about really doesn't matter. Right. Or there's things that, that can be highlighted that do matter more. Oh, absolutely. So we, we figured we'd spend some time. We were originally going to do all football statistics we thought had value, but again, with, with football, there's so much. There's uh, 22 stars, not counting special teams. Like, there's a lot to go over. So we figured we could break it up a little bit. And we've been talking about it. We said that we're probably going to be doing an offensive, defensive episode all on their own. But we are going to try and focus this in on quarterbacks just because of how much information that we – you know, use for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's the most important position on the field, you know? And, and they got the motion that that's tracked at any other position. Oh, absolutely. So, um, I guess let's jump on in then, right? All right. As usual, we have a nice big spreadsheet up here for us to use. So, we're just going to be going through that and talking about uh, a little bit about each and, um, you know. Yeah, just kind of moving through it. Yeah. Uh, I, I pulled all these straight off of uh, Pro Football Reference. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably going to be jumping back into pro football reference just to look at a few more things if we think uh, there's anything additional to bring up. But if if uh, if you have never checked out pro football reference or any of the uh, the pro sports pages, uh, the baseball reference, hockey rep, like those web, that website's amazing, super useful. You can use this to follow along um, and kind of just keep track of what's going on. I w- that's exactly what I was going to say. Like it's truly a fantastic website. I check it most days, even just to look at, you know, after every week, I'll check the football scores, I'll check, you know, stat updates and leaderboard updates, and it has a lot of information, and once you get to know how to use the site, you can find some pretty cool stuff on there. And as I just told Corwin, they have an email blast for every sport you could be interested in that they have a page on, they'll send it to you daily, that shit's amazing, baseball reference, please sponsor us, (laughs) I love you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm on your site all the time. Anyway, <laughs> so let's jump into this. Uh, one of the first uh, metrics that Pro Football Reference throws up is QB record, which is just a straight-up win-loss record for a quarterback. Valuable, Corwin? This is something I see Colin Cowherd talk a lot about. Um, it's in the Bill Parcells formula for finding a perfect quarterback, making sure you have enough wins in college. Uh, this is essentially useless. It really is. I mean, Blake Bortles last year won 12, 13 games. 
would anyone put him in the top half of starting quarterbacks in the NFL? God, no. I'm not even sure I put him in the top 20 at this point. Yeah, I mean... Win-loss record is really only ever useful in judging how good your season was, I guess, mm-hmm. as a fan. Um, and maybe as like a, like a, a coach. Because if you're looking at individual performance in any sport, win-loss record doesn't mean shit. Really, like, the only way you could really judge it use it to judge a quarterback is if the team around him is absolute dog shit and they somehow have you know a 500 record a winning record that means that quarterback is just the Aaron dra- Rodgers treatment <laughs> yeah he is yeah. dragging that team by his balls yeah but I'm, I'm 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 gonna i'm in agreement with you this is almost useless and in fact i think it makes Talking about players more difficult than it does easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go ahead and label QB record as not horribly meaningful. Not at all. Moving on, we're going to completions, attempts, and in turn completion percentage. Um, just to point out, just to say like how important this stat is, uh, Sam Bradford has the all-time single-season completion percentage record. Sam Bradford is not a good starting quarterback. Um, Currently so, unemployed. <laughs> and will be for a long time. If ever. Um, so we were talking about this a little bit before we started the show today. and um, We were kind of arguing back and forth, you know, whether or not is completion percentage, you know, a meaningful stat. And we basically just kind of came down to it. Maybe. Kind of. Yeah. Um, context yeah so it's really something that you're gonna have to use with other statistics that we're gonna be talking about um it really it's one of those things where you need to be above the bar but that's really it so like if you're above 60 percent you're fine if you're below it that's really not great yeah but any other numbers that you can get from that kind of really isn't that important. I was going to say the same thing. It's definitely something where it's like if you're too low, like that's obviously on you. Like mm-hmm. if you completed 40% of your passes, I mean, you could have the worst wide receiving core in the league. Like you got to complete at least 40. Like that's on you at some point as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if you complete above 75 or 80, but like all your passes are these little Duncan screen passes and all that, I mean – yeah, you completed a bunch of passes, but like, were you really helping out your team much? I mean, you didn't mm-hmm. really have to push yourself much. Um, so I think it's useful in context, um, as we're going to see with a lot of these, uh, just a lot about context. Honestly, I think one of its biggest uses as setting a bar is for draft analysis with college quarterbacks because, yeah, there's a lot of teams that use a lot of air raid and spread concepts, but if you're completion percentage is not up to snuff in college accuracy is not really something you can improve upon once you get to the nfl that's pretty much once you have your standard mechanics down and all that your accuracy is your accuracy and that completion percentage is gonna pretty much be you know if you have a low completion percentage in college like i don't know josh allen did it's not really going to get any better in the pros. It might go down if you're a really good quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who had like a 75% completion percentage throughout his <laughs> college career. That'll go down once you get to the pros, but it's not getting any better. Yeah. Um, I So just real quick, completions themselves, I don't think matters like at all. No. 
Attempts, I think, could be interesting. Yes. Um, like I think I saw uh, Nick Foles yesterday had like 50-something attempts. Like if you had like a high average of attempts, mm-hmm. that could be something worth noting. I don't think it's going to tell you much about maybe the quarterback themselves or probably more tells you that that team sucks. Because <laughs> if you have a quarterback throwing 50 times per game, that means he has to, which means you're probably behind. Um, so that could tell you something, but I don't think you can judge performance on it. So I don't think completions as a total, I don't think number of attempts as a total are really all that useful uh, mm-hmm. at all. No. I mean, that stuff will ebb and flow with the game flow of different games, unless it's the Lions where they just refuse to have a run game and will throw 50 times a game just because they want to. Yeah, but no one knows what they're doing with their <laughs> lives. Uh, after that, we have total number of yards. Do we do we care much about total number of yards? Not really. I don't really use it to judge a quarterback. Maybe on like a year-to-year basis, just like, hey, they're having a really good year. That offense is really, you know, killing it this year. But as a whole, I'm never going to use yards as a true measure of a quarterback. Yeah, I think this goes hand-in-hand uh, hand with like a number of attempts because mm-hmm. um, you can win a game with your quarterback throwing Mitch Trubisky won a game this year throwing like under 150 yards didn't he yeah. I mean like you can win On, a like, game nine attempts yeah like you can win <laughs> a game like not throwing the ball much um so yards could be cool if uh if it's a lot <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really tell you much yeah unless you're you know throwing for you know 4,500 5,000 yards in a season it doesn't matter yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point. Unless unless you're getting near record-breaking territory, uh, you probably like who 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 was the Dolphins' running back when, when Dan Marino was in town? Sure, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know? like like that's that's probably why Dan Marino has so many fucking passing yards. <laughs> um, touchdowns, number of touchdowns. So you made a note on here that you think touchdowns is a meaningful stat. I, I disagree. Okay, go ahead. I think touchdowns are – it's too much of an up-and-down number for most quarterbacks, and I think it just comes down to a little bit of luck, a little bit of game flow. And, you know, I mean, if you look over the course of someone's career, they're going to have, you know, a lot of touchdowns one season, not a lot the next season. There are going to be games where they throw four, five, six touchdowns. There's going to be games where they throw zero or one that's not always on the quarterback. I think, you know, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, top five quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, threw 33 touchdowns this year. That's his career high. And if you look at a lot of other quarterbacks who are not nearly as good, they might throw 40 touchdowns in a season, not because they're better than Ben Roethlisberger, just because that's the way their offense is set up. That's the way the game plan worked out for them. And I don't think it's too important to look after a quarterback. I think it's important because that's what you're there for. Um, it's like you can say the same thing about what you said about home runs in baseball. But at the end of the day, they still matter. In fact, they matter the most. Um, and while there is a level of randomness with touchdowns, like whether that – uh, defender misses his assignment, whether that wide receiver ran a great route, how close you were to the end zone. Mm-hmm. A reason I marked it important 
is because that's what the quarterback's there to do. Like, that's your primary objective as a quarterback. So even though you can look at a quarterback who only had, like, something stupid low, like 15 passing touchdowns in the season that has a 12-4 and record, then, like, yeah, like, like that's an exception. That There's clearly a game plan around the quarterback's, I guess, sheer inability to get the, the football in the end zone. But if you are a quarterback, goal number one is to get the ball in the end zone. So I don't think it's the most important statistic, but I do think that the value is there in that it is the reason that man's on the field. You know what I mean? I see it like I, I see it like, like like you see rushing yards for a running back or receiving yards for um a wide receiver. I see what you mean. So yeah, I I wouldn't say like um like if Blake Bortles came out of nowhere and broke Peyton Manning's touchdown record. I still wouldn't think he's a good quarterback. I that's that's such an outlier. Like you could not judge it based on that. I just got chills down my spine thinking could, of that happening. <laughs> oh. Could you imagine Blake Bortles throwing fifty six touchdowns in a season? Oh my god. Yeah. That's nah. disgusting. Um But but like I I, I, I do I, think that they're that I mean it's it's the most it's the best thing you can do on the field. You know, it is scoring a touchdown is literally there you can't do better <laughs> in a play. I just want to point out, I may have sounded like I'm talking shit to Blake Bortles. I would like to clarify that I own his jersey, and I'm oh a true God, supporter. Oh, my Is that the woman's one? No. <laughs> is that the Bruce right. jersey? <laughs> so, this is a huge non sequitur. <laughs> but okay. I own two Jacksonville Jaguars jerseys. One is a Blake Bortles jersey that I got after his you know, career year during his sophomore season. My other one is a woman's Paul Puzzlesny jersey <laughs> that I bought off eBay, not realizing it was a woman's jersey. Paul Puzzlesny is my favorite player ever since his time at Penn State. I got really excited and panic bought, essentially, a jersey. <laughs> and it arrived and was not only a size too small, but for the wrong gender. Yeah, well... I guess that's the most cross-dressing you'll ever do. I have worn it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I guess as long as we're doing non-sequiturs, what's your favorite football team here? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep, there it is. And I am a New York Jets fan, which is fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. If you guys are keeping up with our schedule, the Steelers just lost a heartbreaker off of a Juju Smith-Schuster fumble last night to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and the Jets got fucking deep dicked by the refs against now the Packers are a good team I'm not mad we lost to them it helps us out that we lost to them but I mean fuck these refs all right hold on let's let's, let's move on <laughs> yeah this is just gonna get depressing now okay uh touchdown percentage which is touchdowns divided by attempts do you care about this uh not really at all I don't know why this is a statistic it's a you know it's a cool statistic for like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady who have ones that well at least used to be for Tom Brady where they were just unusually high but it really doesn't affect see th- this is I think the randomness you talked about when we talked about touchdowns raw because this is the randomness like this is oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you threw five passes in the game and four of them were touchdowns, I mean, that's insane, you know? But you only had to throw five passes, so, like, that's just random. Like, four of them kind of just happened to be mm-hmm. touchdowns. I, 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 I don't even know why they keep track of this. I just want to point something out. Penn State's third-string quarterback, Sean Clifford, has a 40% touchdown percentage. <laughs> Jesus! 
because he has thrown five passes in his career and has two <laughs> touchdowns. Oh, that's funny. Number of interceptions is important. Yeah, I'd say this is the exact opposite of the touchdowns Absolutely. conversation. I mean, that's the worst thing you can do. Having, you know, a handful of turnovers is expected. You know, we're every quarterback's going to throw yeah, every quarterback's going to throw an interception, everyone's going to have a fumble. It's really the more you have, the more worrying it is as Peter, you know, I don't know. Super <laughs> advanced statistics right here. Yeah. Many interceptions, bad. Yeah. But it's kind of like an exponential growth kind of thing where, you know, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And then once it gets really high, that's ex- that's really bad. What, what What's really high to you over the course of a 16-game season? Um, like, what's the point at which you go, ooh? Huh. I would say more than 10 is bad. I was going to – I really – I would actually I, – I, I, I guess maybe I'm a little bit more generous. I'd say more than, like, 15. Um, if a quarterback, um, I or, might or, change mine to like judge- 12. Okay. I was if gonna, you I- have more than like 12, 13 interceptions, that's a red flag. If you have more than 16, I think that's That's what I'm saying. More, more than 16, flag. like once it gets to be more than one a game, mm-hmm. like that's risky. Um, would you forgive, like, let's say something stupid, like would you forgive 20 interceptions if the quarterback threw 60 touchdowns? Like Absolutely. a stupid high number. So that's something I did want to talk about after we went over interception percentage, but I guess we could talk well, about let's it jump now. jump into it now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of times when we look at, you know, what a quarterback does and we look at their performance over a game, we don't realize the kind of risks that certain quarterbacks take. Like Alex Smith is the least risky quarterback I've ever watched. You know, we hear check down quarterbacks and all the time and, you know, Sam Bradford, Alex Smith, guys like that. They don't take a lot of risks during the game. They are game managers. They try to limit turnovers, but at the same time, that limits their ability to make big plays. So when you look at that, if guys like that have a lot of interceptions, that is a major red flag. But if we look at guys who are gunslingers, you know, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes this year, even though he's breaking that trend, those guys are going to take threats or they're going to take throws downfield. They're going to take risks because it works for them. They're good at pushing the ball downfield. It works out for their offense. And you're going to throw more interceptions that way, but it's a trade-off that's almost always worth taking. Unless you're Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah, no no one's going to label him a, a, a gunslinger. Uh, so do you have anything else to say about like the INT percentage then, uh, which is just interceptions divided by the number of attempts you've thrown? I think that's one of the more important statistics that we look at. Um, this, I was going to say, this I can see a lot more than touchdowns mm-hmm. um, because this, I think, shows decision-making. Very big on decision-making. Yeah, because um, touchdowns, I think, are a little bit more random than interceptions. I know interceptions, you know, you tip your receiver tips the ball up, it mm-hmm. becomes a jump ball, mm-hmm. there's... The safety comes out from underneath and scoops it up real quick. I get right. those randomness with interceptions, but you see a lot more poor decisions that lead to interceptions than you see good decisions that lead to touchdowns. Oh yeah. Um. So I think this. Yeah. I I I value this more than I do touchdown percentage. Just going off of you know the randomness of interceptions. I know we talked about ERA plus and plus statistics in baseball in the last episode. Yeah. Which is basically, you know... A comparison. A comparison against league average. There's a similar statistic with interceptions, um, which doesn't really measure it against 
the rest of the league, but it basically cuts out all of the wide receiver or acts of God interceptions that are caused. Um, it's essentially advanced interceptions. Right, kind of like um, like uh, I think there's there's a the stat measure about like should have been interceptions basically. Essentially, like, yeah. When you hit a DB and the numbers and they just don't catch it. Right. Kind of like how they keep track of dropped passes as compared to incompletes. That's a statistic that really nobody keeps track of because it's a lot of you know there's a lot of bias involved when you watch the game. Right. You might have different different differentiating opinions. But that is probably the biggest statistic to look at when you're watching turnovers. No, it's definitely true. So next time you watch a game, have a you know pen and paper right there. And every time you think a pass should have been intercepted, or if you think an interception really wasn't the QB's fault, just mark it down and you'll be able to have a nice true record of what interceptions should be. Real quick, what do you think about the difference? Do you think that there is a difference between a wide receiver tipping the ball up and that getting intercepted versus um, the defensive lineman tipping the ball up on a pass. Yes. Okay, good. I was going to say there is too. What's your opinion on it? If you, Just sidebar, if you're a wide receiver listening to this, do not ever tip the ball upwards. Smack it down. Absolutely. Smack it down. It is an incompletion is worth so much more than the random chance that another offensive player can come in and scoop up that ball. Just smack it down. But so how how do you look at the difference between um, a defensive lineman tipping it and getting picked off as compared to a wide receiver tipping it and getting picked off? So part of the quarterback's responsibility when throwing a ball is ensuring that the ball is has enough elevation over the field where it can't be tipped by defensive players. If it's tipped by a defensive back, if it's tipped by a defensive lineman, it's all the same. The quarterback can't let the ball be in that situation that's why teams do look very heavily at qb height because that makes a big difference yeah i was gonna say the same thing like when when your wide receiver tips it up i mean as a quarterback there's really not much you can do about it um if like the defensive lineman tips it up i mean that to me says you probably should have done like a pump fake there your timing was off you were predictable when you threw it like there was something something Mm -hmm. you could have done to maybe not prevent it entirely, but avoid putting yourself in the situation whereas there's nothing you can do when your wide receiver tips it up. Mm-hmm. If you're a quarterback preparing for certain teams, like let's say the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Man, we're all over the, <laughs> the Jags right? today. Jeez. You need to know in your preparation that Calais Campbell is very good at knocking down passes, and he is six feet nine inches tall. Fuck, he's that big? I think so. He might be like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, Still, eight, that's a big... I didn't realize he was that tall. All right. He is very large. Don't throw over him. He'll knock a ball down or Throw two. under him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fumble it forward. The submariner. <laughs> <laughs> Bullet. All right, all right, all right. Uh, yards per attempt. So when you're looking at yards per attempt, you need to look at this in tandem with two other statistics. So you need to look at yards per attempt, yards per completion, and yards after catch. Mm-hmm. So if you look at any one of these statistics by itself, you'll get something from it. You'll be able to you know, judge essentially how far the quarterback is throwing the ball in any given passing play. But you're not going to get the full picture unless you look at how far downfield he's throwing the ball, 
the expected yards he's going to get every time he throws the ball, which is yards per attempt, and yards after catch, so how much the wide receiver is putting in the work on these passes. So if you're throwing a nice check down pass to the running back or a screen pass to a receiver, and they run the ball eight yards, you're going to get eight yards on that catch for the quarterback, despite the wide receiver doing essentially all of the work. Yeah, I see this as being useful, um, not entirely on its own, like you said. I think what this could be maybe most useful for is looking at it almost from like a team perspective rather than individual perspective. Like if you're if you're playing, you're 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 at halftime and your quarterback's getting something stupid high, like 15 yards per attempt, which actually isn't like outrageous. It's high. high. Fifteen yards per attempt is very high. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's high. I have a horrible frame of reference. I would say average is around eight or nine. Okay. All right. So let's say you have a high um, yards per attempt. It's it's fifteen. That that to you maybe as 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 a coach or as a quarterback or as an offense coordinator should say. All right. Maybe we should keep up the passing game because we're killing them on it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Conversely, if you're doing something horrible like you got four yards per attempt, maybe you should have to think about investigating the long ball um, or see how well your running game... Like, I see this as being a very good context stat, mm-hmm. but l- again, not like an end-all, be-all. Nothing I'm really going to give the quarterback a knock for. I might give him credit if it's really high, um, but a lot of this is going to depend on scheming, who your wide receivers are, uh, how good your offensive line. Like this, this is going to be something that has a bunch of asterisks next to it. Oh, absolutely. For other people on your team's performance, I I think it has use though. Oh, absolutely. It's a very useful stat to look at the efficiency of a quarterback or as an as an offense as a whole. It's just any one of these is very easily skewed. Like you could go two for ten, but if you threw two seventy yard bombs. You're still averaging seven, well, fourteen yards an attempt, which looks fantastic on paper, but then you have to look at yards per completion and realize, wow, that came off of two passes. It looks good on paper, but that's pretty horrible efficiency. Okay, so next we have average yards gained per pass attempt. Um which has a little bit of an equation to it, which I forgot to write down, so I pulled up our good, trusty resource <laughs> of profootballreference.com, uh, looking at Joe Montana's stats, because who doesn't love Joe Montana? Of course. Um, so the equation for uh, adjusted yards per pass attempt is... Just so, uh, just so everyone knows, Josh is straining beyond belief to be able to read these tiny words on his screen. I have very that's bad why vision. He, that's why he sounds the way he does. Fuck you. <laughs> All right, so it's passing yards plus 20 times passing touchdowns minus 45 times interceptions, and then all of that divided by passes attempted. Okay, so basically what's happening in this equation is that they're weighting things, right? Mm -hmm. So passing yards get no weight. They are an independent thing. You take your total number of passing yards, then it's they're going to give you 20 kind of like weighted points here, 20 times your passing touchdowns, which says passing touchdowns are really good, Mm -hmm. okay? Then you're going to subtract 45 times interceptions. So they're saying, basically what they're saying with that is that interceptions they're they're saying that the negative value of an interception is even greater than that of the positive value of 
a touchdown, which I I think is actually probably fair because you're going to score a lot more touchdowns than you're going to give away interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're taking all of that and to give it an average value divided by passes attempted. So in an average pass attempt, kind of what are you doing? Uh, it, it, I guess it's a relatively kind of a catch-all statistic. They're kind of trying to weight everything. Um, so this is where we're getting towards, I, I guess, what you could say kind of like a advanced-ish um, efficiency stat. What do you make of this? I love this stat. This is a fantastic statistic. It really shows, you know, you can mess around with the weighting of touchdowns and interceptions to where sure. you prefer it. I'm sure certain front offices weight it differently based off of the kind of risk they want to have their quarterbacks taking. But adjusted yards per attempt gives you a very clear picture of what you should be expecting from your quarterback. So you can't really look at it for one, two games. It's too small of a sample size. But from a full season perspective, it gives you a really nice idea of the efficiency that a quarterback is. This is a really great efficiency stat for quarterbacks. Yeah, I think I think this is really cool. Um, so let's for a second. I, I we have it here. I have Joe Montana's uh, stats page up. Let's look at one of his All Star years, Pro Bowl at, years. Yeah, let's look at this guy right here. So in in nineteen eighty nine, in his age thirty three season, uh, Joe Montana had a 9.1 yards per attempt, which led the league. So mm-hmm. it, um, when he threw a pass, there was a better than not chance, or on average, I should say, on average it was going to go uh, 9.1 yards. Okay, When you adjust that for all the touchdowns he had, um, of which there were 26, and he led the league in touchdown percentage with 6.7, um, he it actually went up. It went up to 9.5. So, on average, Joe Montana's passing was additionally positive beyond just the yardage he was providing because he also only threw eight interceptions. Mm-hmm. So, while he didn't like lead the league in touchdowns, uh, it's, it's not even his personal high, 26. He's got a bunch of seasons over it. Um, the fact that he did not turn the ball over much, he had a really high completion percentage, he threw a bunch of yards, he threw a decent number of touchdowns, all the positive weights outweighed the negative weight so much so that his average almost value per pass attempt was beyond what it was in terms of yardage. I will say I'm not a huge Joe Montana guy. I'm not a big, you know, Joe Montana, he's one of the goats up there. He's a tremendous quarterback. 9.1 adjusted yards, well, not even, 9.5 adjusted yards per attempt back in the 80s was massive oh yeah that's when dbs could still maul mm-hmm. dudes oh absolutely that's a tremendous efficiency for a quarterback and that's why he is a hall of famer mm-hmm. I, I i like this a lot too i like i really kind of in general like waiting statistics um like this even with just the small kind of straightforward way it is because it does show that you're putting things into a perspective you know they are saying interceptions are worse than uh, or sorry, more detrimental than touchdowns are beneficial, and they're giving you a, a ratio to why that is, and they're they're adjusting that person's stats to kind of reflect that. It's a very straightforward, very easily recognizable way of kind of putting things into a frame. And like Corwin said, you know, you can adjust the weights for how you feel. If you feel as though interceptions are even worse, you can just raise that number. If you feel like touchdowns are even 
uh, more valuable. You can raise that number. Like you can do what you want to it. But I love the concept of it, and I trust um, the the reference pages, the pro football and, and hockey and baseball and all that a lot. So I really, um, really do like this number. Something that we could even do that would even make this a more accurate efficiency statistic statistic. If we base this off of averages for the NFL based off of time periods. Oh, so do it like, um, like a uh, adjusted yards per completion plus? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what a statistic that would be. Honestly, though, uh, that, that would be you, – you'd be right. Like, like how, mm. does, how does 9.5 compare to the what, – what, like, you know, everyone else did that season? How does Hell that compare yeah. to what Dan Marino did that year? 26 touchdowns to only eight interceptions in 1989 is tremendous compared mm-hmm. to what they would be doing today. Oh, yeah. So – if we base this off of time period, if we, you know, made this a it's plus basically statistic, really Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> God. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You know, Tarot. quarterback Mount Rushmore: Tyrod Taylor and Joe Montana, side by side as they should be, holding hands in the sunset. <laughs> uh, we're going to hell. <laughs> no, but that actually would be interesting. Maybe we can do that in between this episode and the one we do about uh, offenses, just for the hell of it. Throw it in. We could do that. There you go. Little sneak peek at our next episode. Yeah, give us money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have. So let's just keep going down the list. Um, yards per completion. We we kind of touched on we, it. Yeah, with, we, with the yards we touched per, on most of these. Yards per know. attempt. Um, yards per game. Again, that's really based off of offense game yep. flow. Same with total yards. I think, I, yeah, I, I think yards per game um, is probably more useful as a team's, like a, like a, the total team's mm-hmm. yards per game instead of the quarterback's passing yards per game. Right. Because I think that will kind of average out between the passing and the run game. Right. Because if you're playing a team with shitty defensive backs and a great O line, you're going to, or D line, you're going to do different things facing the converse. So, the, yeah, I don't. This is one of those statistics where the talking heads love to talk like, oh, my goodness, Pat Mahomes threw for 400 yards. Oh, my goodness, Phillip Rivers threw for this. Blake Bortles threw for only 120 yards this week. Are you kidding me, Blake Bortles? Step your shit up. You talk about Blake Bortles so much today. And <laughs> no, sorry, but it, Blake, it, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. It's true, though. Like, like they, they do always talk about, like, you know, Brady's got – he's averaging, like, 300 yards a game – Rodgers averaging 300 yards a game, and they're like they'll throw in at the end. Their defenses are bad, and it's like, well, yeah, that's why <laughs> they're averaging 300 yards a game because their defenses suck, and neither of those teams have dependable running games. So it's like it's cool that they do it. It's cool that they throw 300 yards a game. Doesn't mean much. I hate to be that guy, but Blake Bortles' sophomore season, oh he God. threw for like 350 yards a game. Because he threw for like 150, 200 yards in the fourth quarter because his team was so bad they were down by multiple scores. Fucking garbage. All right, so garbage hold on. The, time Bortles. The next one is QB rating. I vote we come back to this one at the end. Absolutely. It's kind of a big one to tackle. So let's go to sacks. <sighs> sacks, it's one of those things where it's really important to base a quarter, to really gauge a quarterback's performance off of the pressure he faces but it's one of those statistics where you really can't put the blame all on him so i put sometimes here uh, because we all know that there are quarterbacks who hold on to the ball for too mm-hmm. long and so that's the point at which you go well his sacks are sucks his sacks are bad 
his offensive line is bad. At the same time, he holds the ball for like four to five seconds every drop back, and like that's way too much. So, I mean, I have a, I also have a hard time saying this is a great stat to keep track of for quarterbacks. Um, this is again much better as probably an offense. Um, absolutely metric because it's got so much else to play. How good at blocking your O line is, your running back is, your tight end, all that. How fast your quarterback can get rid of the ball. Um, and depth. But, depth of target you know if you're mm-hmm. going for play action passes 30 yards downfield when you're trying to take these risks you're gonna have to hold on to the ball a lot longer than an Alex Smith check down would and that's gonna mean you're gonna get sacked more I like I would like to see this um compared side by side with release time I think then it becomes useful I think if you see that some guy gets sacked got sacked Twenty times. Uh, what's actually? I don't know. What's an average year? What's an average sack look like for a year? Um, it really depends on the team. I would say something like in the thirties to forties. Okay. All right. So let's let's say let's say you got sacked sixty times in a year then, um, but you held onto the ball for six seconds per drop back. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, then I'm going to say that that's on you. Oh yeah. But if you got sacked sixty times a year and your average time on the drop back was like. Two seconds, mm-hmm. and we're probably so. I like I'd like to see it like that. Just for reference, the NFL record set by David, David Carr, Carr in his rookie year against Houston was seventy-two. So that's essentially that's not counting hits. Yeah, that's like five hits a game almost. Yeah, that that's no, that's that's like five sacks a game, right? Right, right, five yeah. sacks a game. Imagine how many times he got knocked in the dirt, not being sacked. People say that he is a one of the biggest busts in NFL history. It's not his fault. Yeah. <laughs> I got, no, I got, I got nothing, nothing on that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So then we now we have um, net yards per attempt. So the way they do this is it's passing yards minus, minus sack yards, which I guess is uh, yards lost from being sacked, mm-hmm. divided by passing attempts plus times sacked. So we have um, – Total number of passing yards minus what you lost from holding onto the ball for too long. So basically, uh, things the quarterback has direct control over minus, I guess, rushing yards. And then you're dividing that by all the times you attempted to throw and all the times. So basically, every time you dropped back is kind of what that is. Um, How do you feel about this one? I didn't give it a a yes or no because I I didn't know what to make of it, honestly. It's essentially an expected yards per attempt. You know, you run the risk of – so when you look at it, Rushing yards per attempt is pretty straightforward. It's pretty easy to get a hang of how good the running game is doing. This is just something that's a little bit easier to compare to rushing yards and attempt when you're comparing passing and rushing. It's a pretty effective statistic to measure that off of. It's not something that I would value nearly as much as adjusted yards per attempt, but it's very effective. I think if you combine the two, where you do adjusted yards per attempt, including the sack yards and sacks, would be a little bit better of a statistic all around. Well, the only thing I I think I would like to add to this or change would be adding a quarterback's rushing yards. Because I don't know why you would subtract the sack yards, but then not give them the rushing yards. You know what I mean? You would have to differentiate actual quarterback runs and quarterback scrambles so basically if the pocket breaks down and the quarterback has to run the ball 
that's a little bit different than if you know it's just a quarterback tucking and running the ball. No, it, it, but it's it something is, that can be done. But I, I think this is trying to be is another kind of efficiency stat. No, it's it's per attempt. So I get I guess that makes sense. No, all right, no, I get it because sack yards you were still attempting to throw a pass. Right. No, all right, I I see where my <laughs> where my fatal error here was. Yeah, I think this is okay. We're learning together, folks. Um, yeah, well, that's that's the thing with football stats. Honestly, the, a lot of several of these are the first time I'm seeing them at all. Uh, which I think I'd like to give credit to the MLB, um, although it is full of grumpy old white dudes. <laughs> they, they they do still try to throw in the advanced stats in broadcasts, right. which is very refreshing, whereas football is not. You um, will never hear Joe Buck talk a quarterback's adjusted net yards per attempt during a broadcast. Fucking hate Joe Buck. Um, <laughs> fuck that guy. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm i down with this. I don't know. what What's a context you would find this useful? Basically, this is most useful when comparing rushing yards to – passing yards okay so yeah. all right, that's what you said earlier right all right mm-hmm. i'm with you um so then they have this kind of same thing uh but they kind of added in uh parts of the pr- the previous formula we just saw in adjusted yards per attempt so this is adjusted net yards per attempt mm-hmm. so it's uh the same beginning to the equation we have passing yards minus sack yards and then you add in the um adjusted yards per attempt part so it's passing yards minus sack yards plus 20 times passing touchdowns minus 45 times interceptions. Take all of that divided by passes attempted plus times sacked. So it's adding the same weights for what happens when you pass, where passing yards get no weight, passing touchdowns get a 20 weight at 20 times the total Mm -hmm. number, and interceptions get a 45 times weight, um, and then you – also subtract sack yards, which, much like passing yards, do not have a weight. Mm-hmm. They're as is. And then you divide that both by the number of passes attempts or the number of times the quarterback has got a chance to throw the ball and uh, sacks, which means the number of times he was going to throw the ball and then did not. So, where are you at with this? So, compared to the regular net yards per attempt? This uh, adjusted yards per attempt. Right, but compared to the net yards per attempt. Oh, sorry, sorry, my um, bad. I'm this, isn't, this isn't really as great for comparing it to rushing yards per attempt, but as an efficiency statistic, this is the top of the pyramid. This is, you know, if you want to look at one statistic and not have to worry about really comparing it to too much else, this is the statistic to look at. So I pulled up um, the, the, the Joe Montana page we've kind of been going off of. Mm-hmm. So as a reminder, his yards per attempt in 1989 was 9.1. His adjusted yards per attempt in 1989 was uh, 9.5. So his net yards per attempt, which is what we di- did previous to uh, this one, was 7.93. So on an, not on an average, on a net. So you take away yards lost from sack yards. He has 7.93. Net Still led the attempt. league that year. Still led, yeah, all all of these numbers actually. That's a good point. All of these numbers led the league. Um, when you do adjusted net yards per attempt, where we attach a weighted value to the results of what happened in his pass attempts, including sacks, it goes up. A, I'd say a considerable amount uh, to eight point three one adjusted net yards per attempt, um, which, as Corwin said, led the league. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing that um, – well, first off, Joe Montana had a great year. 
Yeah, but he's all, a pretty good quarterback. So yeah, yeah so he, a little it, bit. like 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 a good Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, by his QB record, he did go eleven and two, oh which is the God. most important oh, stat of on course. this page. Um, but yeah, so I, I I think what we're seeing here is is it's kind of the same conclusion we came to with adjusted yards per attempt we came to earlier that you know not turning the ball over and throwing lots of yards and touchdowns obviously makes you a more efficient quarterback. Uh, but it's interesting to see. I guess more so how much it dropped when you take sacks into consideration. How many times did he get sacked? 33 sacks that year. Pretty damn low. Good job on the uh, offensive line for the San Francisco 49ers. Actually, I'd love to know how, how much that was for the time, kind of like what we were talking about with yards per attempt. Right. Like it was 33. No, it had to be. I feel like there definitely were more sacks handed out back in the day, right? Looking at his career numbers, 33 is two below his nice. career high. Yeah. Man, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, it's tough. I what? wasn't even alive at this point. <laughs> no, no, we we were we were a few <laughs> years out. Um, so anything else you think of to make of of uh, adjusted net yards per attempt? I'd like to see sacks be weighted a little bit, just because of how much that will derail a nice drive. Yeah, because it's not just a loss of yards; it's also a loss of down. Right. Sacks are huge. I'd like to see them weight that a little bit. Um, you know, maybe, uh, it's a little brutal, but you know, maybe like a times two or times three for sack yards lost because of that loss of downs. Um, I think that would make this a little bit better statistic, but like I said earlier, this is kind of already the cream of the crop when it comes to efficiency statistics. Uh, how would you look at this compared to adjusted yards per attempt? Um, both can be used in the same way. I think this one is just a little more accurate about what you're going to get in the game versus adjusted yards per attempt is their ability as a passer. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's very much so we're now taking into account external factors mm-hmm. that affect you directly, like your offensive line being shitty, the defensive line you're facing being good, right? packages and all that kind of stuff so if you want one single statistic to look at for a quarterback's efficiency i would say go with adjusted net yards per attempt if you want to look at just his ability as a passer average yards adjusted yards per attempt right i'm with you i think that, i think that I, I look at it the exact same way uh next we have sack percentage uh which is pretty straightforward here what do you think um it can be pretty important um Again, this goes same with sacks. This is based off of your offensive line and your ability to hold on to the ball too long. I look at this the same way we looked at um, interception percentage. Like, I think it's useful to see how many out of you know how many times you drop back to throw. What percentage of the time are you getting sacked? I think it may be more useful as like a hit or mm-hmm. um, some level of contact made with the quarterback, because I think there is some level of randomness with it actually being a sack. You know, like, did you get around the ankle, or did you just get a, mm-hmm. a hand on the thigh? Because you can shake off the thighs, and then you can shake off the ankle. Um, so maybe, maybe getting, like, like a, like a percent, like a QB hit percent um, would be maybe a little bit more useful just to remove some of the randomness. But I, I like this. I I, don't, I wouldn't use it as statistic. a catch-all. Yeah, I, I think it has some value, not for a QB per se, more for the offense. offensive line. 
mm-hmm. but I, I see some kind of value in it. It's one of those things where I would say more so offense as a whole than as offensive line solely. But again, it's really just one of those where you kind of need to look at a little bit more than just the quarterback and just this single statistic. Which brings us to the last two stats that have nothing to do with the quarterback. <laughs> uh, but they they were on the page, so I pulled them down. Uh, fourth quarter comebacks. I mean, we could probably talk about both of these at the same time. Yeah, so fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drives. Man, I mean, you're going to have guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Andrew, Matt Stafford. <laughs> Andrew Luck is somehow a god at these. It really is just a lot based off of your offensive scheme and the players that you have around you. It's really more – it's not really an analytic stat. Not at all. It's, it's, a, it's a fun counting stat. Right. It's something that I think is definitely important when looking at a quarterback – but at the same time, you can't just look at the number of comebacks or the number of drives that he's had. You really have to go back and watch the film on these to see what the quarterback did and how he was able to elevate the team and put the team on his back and carry them through the fourth quarter. Um, again, not a statistic, not a counting statistic that we should really weigh heavily, but definitely something that's very important. I could see this. So in baseball, they have... Uh like 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 a, a clutch hitting number, mm-hmm. you know how useful or yeah, how good are you in the ninth when you're down by a run, you know, as a hitter stuff like that. I could see these two being maybe factors in like a in some kind of clutch number for a quarterback where you take like fourth quarter yards, fourth quarter touchdowns, fourth quarter interceptions, sacks, um, all that kind of stuff. And then add in these two numbers as weights and somewhere in there and kind of create a number of like how useful is this guy in the fourth quarter and then maybe find a way to do that where how useful is this guy in the fourth quarter when you're down by some number on their own. Yeah, I think they're just kind of they're there. Mm-hmm. It, it's more like trivia than anything yeah. else. It's a cool thing to look at. Like, oh, my God, Andrew Luck had six fourth quarter comebacks this year. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it it's it's definitely like impressive, but I I could see them being more valuable as part of an equation than they are independently. Slowly nodding my head in agreement. It makes for great radio. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then let's tackle the uh, great and powerful quarterback rating. This is going to be fun. This is a lot of information. Yeah, I I actually I loved this because I had to learn what it was because I I knew <laughs> I knew it. Did you know the formula offhand? Uh, not offhand, but I know the basics involved with each. Yeah, so and I'm gonna there I'm gonna, just to point out before we get started, there are two major quarterback ratings that people use. They're very different in numbers, um, but basically come down to the same essential things. So there's QBR, which is the total quarterback rating, and then there's QB rating. I didn't know they were separate. Yes. Well, um, this is the one on Football Reference. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna this. I think this is the one at least I'm more familiar with because mm-hmm. it has a a maximum of one fifty eight point three. Right. So I think this is the one I know better. So this is QB rating, which is mostly a um. Mostly an NFL stat, not really used much in college. Oh, that's um, right. There is an NCAA version. It, yeah, yeah, it is different. Um, this is the one that you'll see most often on you know, ESPN, NFL Network. QBR is really just an 
adjusted QB rating. Okay. So both essentially cover the same things. Both are essentially saying the same things. It's just two different formulas to get that number. I th- okay, I'm with you. So let's get into this. There's a lot of pieces, and it's going to be a little bit weird to explain. Um, so bear with me. This would be a good time if you uh, if you have a laptop or a computer in front of you to bust it out and check it out for yourself, but we'll get into it. So there's four different equations that um, get put into one larger one. Yeah, um, they all make sense. Like they're all really like equations might sound like a big and scary word. These are really straightforward. A lot of them look like things we've actually already talked about. So um, they're labeled A, B, C, and D. So equation A is number of completions divided by number of attempts minus 0.3, and then all of that times 5. So basically we have completion percentage minus 0.3, and then uh, multiplied by a constant. Uh, So it's just weighting it. Uh, It's saying that your completion percentage is is worth 0.3 less than... Zero, um, and then it's just multiplying that by five to give it a, a larger weight. It's it's uh, the the constants are probably determined by something really bizarre and funky that Football Reference came up with. Um, nothing to really concern us. It's it's basically saying completion percentage is already pretty useful. We just made a minor tweak to it. We are saying this without a lot of confidence because no one has ever explained what any of these weights mean. It's just something they started using, and that's just the way it is. If I had to bet. I would say that they found them doing some crazy ass math based on uh, like how much each individual stat here uh, typically projects to lead to a win or increases your percentage chance of winning or how valuable it is to this era, something like that. Um, like I believe that there, is, I'm sure I believe them when they say there's a reason that they're there. Um, I don't know how they got them, and I don't care because <laughs> i will never need to do it on my own um so so one, one more time so equation a is completion percentage basically uh, minus 0.3 and then all of that times five equation b is passing yards divided by number of attempts so we're looking at um average yards per attempt uh minus three times 0.25 so again this is basically saying we're gonna we're gonna devalue passing uh, average yards per attempt a little bit but in general, this is kind of also base level. They didn't change it much. Very similar to equation A. Right. Uh, the, the next two is when it, it gets a little bit different. The next, so the next one is uh, touchdowns divided by attempts, so touchdown percentage times 20. So basically just what they're saying there is that we value touchdowns a lot. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then next they have – this is interesting. They have a constant, which is 2.375 minus uh, interception percentage times 25. So interception percentage is getting weighted more heavily than touchdown percentage. It's 25 instead of 20. And I'm going to bet that they have it, um, my, uh, they have that being subtracted from 2.375 just to give it a positive value um, mm-hmm. for, for most of it. Or, or they're trying to, again, these, these con- constants came from somewhere. I believe them when they say they're useful. <laughs> That's all I'm going to do. Yeah, there's no way these are just, you know, random arbitrary numbers that they just pulled out of a hat. Unless you 
think that they're arbitrary numbers. I just got pulled out <laughs> I, of a hat. I, I, I don't. I believe that there's a reason. So the equation when you put them all together is really straightforward. It is, <laughs> it is A plus B plus C plus D divided by 6 and then just times 100 to give you a friendlier number. I guarantee you they had to put together this A, B, C, D equation formula so that when they tried to explain it to these like 60-year-old announcers, they were able to grasp it. I'm sure they had this in, you know, one giant, you know, completion percentage minus 0.3 times 5 plus yards per attempt minus 3 times 0.25 all in one giant formula. And nobody was able to understand it. It's like they walk into the meeting like, all right, guys, guys, this is great. But don't forget, you have to explain this to Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> so the big the big thing to take away from this, other Make than that Terry Donuts. The big thing to take away, other than that Terry Bradshaw is old, crazy, and kind of dumb, is that completion percentage, yards per attempt, is not nearly weighted as high as touchdown percentage and interception percentage. Right. Um, I, I'm also, like, we have one more constant in here, which is that there are the overarching, uh, A plus B plus C plus D is being divided by six. That mm-hmm. constant, again, I'm not entirely sure where it's from. Again, I believe in why it's there, but basically what they're saying is take all of these divided by some kind of constant. It could just be to make the number digestible, to keep it around 100 to 150. I, um, I do know what the six is for, and that's oh, just to oh. make it a number that's, they wanted to have it be around 100 they wanted to have the average be roughly 100 points so they that's why they divide it by perfect then i'm a really smart guy (laughs) you're a genius josh (laughs) uh you honestly you'd be surprised like there once you kind of get used to um what is a weight versus what makes this more easy to look at it it does get kind of easy to differentiate you see in baseball a lot um like fip the uh the statistic fip has a constant in there just to make it look more like ERA, like that's really the only reason it's there is to make FIP look more like ERA so that people know how to look at it. Um, so believe it or not, like that that does come up relatively frequently. <laughs> the other ones in each of the individual equations are all there as weights, but like this one's just there because like if, I bet if if all the weights were higher, that bottom constant of six would be like eight or some shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has a perfect way to get the way to get a perfect rating, which, which is, is one fifty eight point three. Uh, there are four criteria that must be met. You need to have at least a 77.5 completion percentage, um, a 12.5 yards per attempt, an 11.875 touchdown uh, percent, and no interceptions. Mm-hmm. The way to hit the minimum of zero, you have to have 30% completion percentage or lower, uh, th- three <laughs> yards per attempt or fewer, uh, zero touchdowns at all, <laughs> so and uh, nine point five interceptions to attempt. Do you want to know the only person I have ever seen to have a quarterback rating of zero point zero? I thought it's happened more than more than to one guy, right? I've only seen it once. I know Geno Smith had one. This guy is a little more recent than Geno Smith. Well, I have to assume Nathan Peterman. It was Nathan Peterman in his five-interception game. Because I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Geno Smith is the only quarterback to have a zero QBR uh, game in the same season as a 158.3 QBR game. This is not QBR. This Sorry, is QB, QB rating. rating. Right, right. Um, cause, and that was – Geno Smith is a conundrum, man. 
But yeah, he did it. He was there. I don't want to say he was one of my top draft picks in 2012 when he were ever he was drafted, but he was one of my top quarterbacks when he was drafted in 2012. I'll never That's forget. Bad. I'll never forget that year we went eight and eight and we won every other game. <laughs> Our win streak uh, was, was one fantastic. all season. Our loss streak was one all season. Shit was miserable. I watched probably six Jets games that year, all the final six weeks of the season, just to make sure that that streak stayed intact. That shit was miserable. <laughs> um. So, QB rating. What do you think? Do we find this of value? I love QB rating. It's not, you know, it's not the greatest statistic. It's got its flaws. The weightings can be weird. That's going to be with any statistic. But again, it's just one of those statistics where you can look at and get a pretty pretty clean picture of what a quarterback does. Having a lot of touchdowns really helps it out. Um, you know, you could throw for 350 yards on like 75% passing and, you know, no interceptions. But if you don't have any touchdowns, your quarterback rating is going to take a pretty big hit. And that's what sucks about it. But at the same time, it's a pretty pretty decent picture of how a quarterback did that day. Yeah, I, I think it's useful. I think it's going to be really useful. as kind of like your big comparative stat, the big one you're going to use to look at against other quarterbacks because it's kind of like the most catch-all of the stats that they really give you, I think I might like adjusted net yards per attempt more. As do I. Um, but I understand why they went with this one because I think more people are used to seeing something that's around base 100 mm-hmm. than they are seeing something where it's like, you know, 9.1 is going to be super, super high. Right. Or Joey Montana's 8.3, something is super high. People really won't know what 9.1 versus like 7.8 means when they look at right. Right, because people are kind of used to things being out of 100, you know, right. or in the world of baseball with, like, ERA plus and OPS plus, mm-hmm. like, you know, seeing that over 100 is better than average and that kind of thing. I do think it's useful. Um, if you are listening to this and you're, like, a, a football fan and you don't give a flying fuck about these stats, I also don't think you're wrong. Um, no, no, because I think a lot of with football, it can come down to the eye test. I think that for for football, you need the if you're going to be scouting like for real, like right. peripherals and these kinds of stats, you're going to need to look at. Um, but I think one of the things that people get scared about with stats is that it's going to overtake what do I'm seeing doesn't reflect with the stats. And I think for football, the most in general, you are going to see that. Right. If you think your quarterback's good, it's going to look good on the field. Right. Um, and these peripherals will kind of show you more, but that's not going to shouldn't alter your opinion significantly beyond what it already is mm-hmm. um which i think sometimes can be the case in baseball which is why i think a lot of the old grumpy dudes in baseball complain about the stats so where maybe do- they're just old grumpy dudes never know fuck you john smoltz uh i hate you don't give me money ah well <laughs> uh, <laughs> so had had to I, that's kind of when i wanted to close this uh booth, unless you had something else to add I, to i still had a whole nother statistic to oh, talk okay, about josh okay, okay, you're okay. trying to cut me off here yeah you, know? you suck. you're trying to silence the voice of the people over here you're the voice of no one you're barely the I'm voice ba- of yourself. i'm barely the voice of myself <laughs> yep. all right so what, what what's your stat before we wrap this up so this is a statistic that Good. i think that's what we're here for <laughs> <laughs> this is basically qb rating plus so it's oh, okay. based off of averages, 
league averages, all that. QBR. So, like QB rating, it has six steps. So, each quarterback play-action play. So, it's not your typical play-action. It's any play where the quarterback does something. So, passing, running, sacks, scrambles, or penalties attributed to the quarterback. They're measured in terms of expected points added. So, sacks penalties they'll subtract from the expected points for that play passing rushes scrambles they'll add to the expected points that you would get on that play so you adjust this statistic based off of the difficulty of each play so it's adjusted based on the type and depth of a pass and whether or not the quarterback was pressured if it's a completion he is only credited for the typical number of yards after catch so based off of that play, the depth of the pass, it's going to give you a – it's going to credit you for how many yards are expected, not based off of what the wide receiver is able to do. So if you throw a deep pass to a shitty wide receiver and he just falls over, that's not going to affect you poorly it takes some of the randomness out of statistics which is one of the things we brought up several times with some of these Mm -hmm. stats is that they don't adjust for the randomness of sports it also discounts trash time so if you are far behind in the fourth quarter and you're blake bortles throwing for 300 yards there's actually going to be a discount on those expected points and the score generated there and then you get more credit based off of how tough a defense is. And if it's a weaker defense, you are discredited for that. And then overall, this is based off of a 0 to 100 scale with 50 being the average. So this is where the plus from baseball statistics comes in. Right. So I love this statistic so much. This is my baby. This is like if I only had one statistic in all of football, it would be QBR. Just because it's everything that I would want to, if I had to design a statistic from the bottom up where I'm, you know, weighting it based off of defensive skill or certain player skills on offense and all the different things that a quarterback could do, this is how I would build it. So I personally value QBR more than, you know, quarterback rating or adjusted net yards per attempt or anything else. I go with QBR. Um, like we said earlier, touchdowns, interceptions can be random. You know, it might be based off your offense or the players you have around you. This statistic goes out of its way to try and minimize all of that randomness and give you one score. Right. It's trying to remove some of the uh, outliers on the positive and negative end. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about QBR? No, I like a lot. And, and, and one of the things. Now, and I feel like we were a little bit of broken records with all this stuff, but it, it comes up because this is kind of like the nature of football stats. But I love things that take out some level of randomness, something that's going to compare you to your peers. I like things that are going to take into account context, right? That, that's why the clutch rating in baseball actually is kind of useful because if you need a pinch hitter and you got someone on the bench, you're going to know who kind of has a history of being good in the ninth with two outs down by a run. You know, and so knowing that, you know, if you have a, a stat in football that can show me that, you know, Blake Bortles, for all he accomplishes in the fourth quarter, doesn't do nearly as much in the first three, 
that's useful to me because it's not fair to look at someone like Aaron Rodgers who's going to crush it for the first two or three quarters and then not have to do as much for the last two mm-hmm. is going to get looked at in some maybe even have comparable game stats to Blake Bortles who's going to suck a fat wad for the first three quarters, and then all of a sudden decide, hey, football's fun, and then be good <laughs> at it for the fourth quarter. So I like things that are going to take into account situational sports, <laughs> situational gamesmanship. I'll put it that way. All right. Um, because that's kind of, I think, where a lot of the confusion is with, with players and with keeping track of stats. Yeah, I'm a fan. I. That's really, this was all I wanted to lead up to was to QBR. It's no, you know. I, th- I think I think it was perfect because because really the whole thing that we've been that's why I like the way the football reference does mm-hmm. it is that they will guide you up, giving you the ground stats and building towards right, right, things. Right. Um, so just to double back to the question I, I cut you off with, <laughs> uh, where do you stand on looking at football from an analytical perspective versus the eye test? It happens a lot, especially when you look at this from you know a drafting perspective, which I normally look at it from you know. Box score scouting is a big issue where you can pull up the box score of a game and see that Baker Mayfield went 12 of 30 for, you know, 150 yards and all that. And you might just look at that and say, man, that sucks. Baker Mayfield is a shitty quarterback. But that doesn't give you the whole story. And some of these statistics work to help clear that story up. But at the end of the day, unless you watch the game from start to finish and you watched every single pass, you're never going to know what really happened, and you really can't judge a quarterback unless you watch every snap. Obviously, that's impossible. So that's why we have these advanced statistics to try and paint us a pretty picture. It's still not perfectly clear. It's still going to be blurry, but a lot of these are just there to help us along the way. Yeah, I I, I said it earlier. I think, I think the eye test – like I think if you didn't have any statistics for whatever reason – uh, at all, and you looked at oh, we've been just shitting on Blake Bortles, but like like if you if you watched the you know the Jags for a season and you had no statistics to back up your opinion, I think you could still look at those old Jags teams or more recent Jags teams and say Blake Bortles is only good in the fourth quarter. And you know I hear used to hear a lot from Lions fans too about Matt Stafford, um, whereas you could look at Packers games and be like no, and um, I was about to say Andrew Luck, uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is good the whole game. You know, so I, th- I think the eye test still has plenty of value. You're going to know your team uh, really well independent of stats you can find on various pages, but I think having them is going to help you maybe get a deeper understanding of how well your team runs uh, and uh, teams you don't watch as frequently. Mm-hmm. So I think they're fun. I, I, I think um, we're going to have a lot of fun looking at offense as a whole and defense as a whole, and I think it's, it's going to lead Can't to some wait interesting – at defense will be and special teams, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, <laughs> special teams, they exist. Uh, yeah, we're here. Punts. Um, but I, I think that once we get a good foundation for what, now that we valued some stats a little bit, and after we value some of these other stats a little bit, we, we can start to really get into what we're looking at when we talk about football analytics and kind of bring these things that we find value in. Now that we've kind of talked about why we have value and what's in which stats we thought had value can start coming up with kind of the fun ideas like we had with uh, the baseball episode previously of 
positional weighted runs created plus i'd love to do something funky like that with football and i think this is kind of like the first little step with that great stuff i think that's a good place to close it up i think so too i it up really well thanks buddy (laughs) i don't really uh have anything else in the world of sports really unless you do uh our our, our non-stat ending yeah i mean it's kind of kind of mellow right now same place we were last time we recorded just running ourselves into the playoffs Steelers suck. Jets suck. Yeah. Uh, hockey's in midseason, so there's nothing crazy going on. Baseball's offseason kind of ends right now. It picks mm-hmm. up again after the new year because, you know, everyone's home for the holidays. So yeah. it's, we did. We, we, we gave you pieces of shit <laughs> an hour and 15 minutes. An on hour and 15 minutes. So you guys can just deal with it. Hey, I just want to say, Blake Bortles, if you listen to this. <laughs> We're so sorry. I am sorry. so sorry. <laughs> I love you. Please come on. Uh, if, you, if you like the show, you can uh, rate and review it on iTunes and Stitcher and all the other places, mm-hmm. uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find us on Twitter at JuicingPod, uh, Juicing at P-O-D. Uh, you can find us, uh, you can email us questions, comments, ideas at- Lots uh, of complaints. Lo- any complaints that we will promptly ignore- um, at juicing the numbers <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find any of the stuff we talked about today um, and maybe even write ups of the show at juicingthenumbers.wixsite.com. Uh, did I forget anything, Corwin? No, that sounds good. All right, then uh, I guess that'll do it for today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.